As a thankful recipient of many, many skincare products over the years, I've learned to discern what is naturally actually activating my skin to rebalance and recalibrate on its own. That's what your skin is meant to be doing, and it keeps getting disrupted by all these choices that we make. So, when the founder and creator of Herbal Face Food reached out to me, I was all ears. I didn't know why at first. It turns out that Herbal Face Food is the most potent antioxidant skincare line on the market today, period. The raw plant ingredients in each of their products are never processed, never manipulated with synthetics or emulsifiers. These anti-aging botanicals are combined with the most precious plant concentrates, and they have changed my skin. Here's how. I'm going to talk about two of the products, the Herbal Face Food Serums and the Cream. The serums contain powerful phytoenzymes and antioxidants. These are activated and infused into your tissues. They hydrate and increase the resiliency of your skin, and they feel like they're plumping up your face. I use Serum 1 daily. I use Serum 2 when I'm tired and I need extra firming for my skin. And I use the X, which is also known as the Cure, for a small patch of rosacea that flares up every now and again, which you cannot see because of these products. When you feed your skin with herbal face food, you will feel real live ingredients at work. An activating flush, an invigorating tingle, some warmth, all of these are evidence of your skin healing at the cellular level and years of damage reversing. The cream is the most potent moisturizer I've ever tried, and I've tried them all. I live in the high desert. This cream contains 102 of the world's most powerful anti-aging botanicals and is also the world's first and only edible SPF <laughs> with a protection rating of SPF 50+. Plus. And this is accomplished 100% by plant power. And you can expect intense hydration, soothing for your tired skin. You can expect to see inflammation calmed and rebuilding of elasticity so your complexion looks and feels more smooth, and more radiant. Herbal face food is not plant-based. It's plant-powered. It has the highest rating on the ORAC anti-aging scale. ORAC means oxygen radical absorbance capacity. I never knew what that meant before. Highest, over 30 million on that scale. By contrast, vitamin C in skincare rates under 100,000. Herbal face food is using all post-consumer recycled materials and packaging. They use glass and aluminum, which is super easy to recycle as well. The products and packaging are 99% free of plastics. They contain no ingredients that involve the destruction or harm of any plant, animal, or marine life. These are 100% plants only, these products. These active concentrates are coming from the seeds, the fruits, the leaves, or the flowers of the plants only. These products have been a complete revolution for me. I know that you will love the way your skin looks and feels after using it even for just a day or two. And the best part is that Herbal Face Food has offered us, you, my community, a code to receive 20% off forever, ever. The code is capital E-L-E-N-A 20. Once again, that's my name in all caps, ELENA2020. The site is herbalfacefood.com. The code is all caps ELENA20. It's not just your first purchase, it's any purchase. You will love these products, and I am so grateful 
herbal face food for the change that you have made in my life. Thank you. Welcome to the Practice You podcast. My name is Elena Brower. Let's dive into today's conversation regarding life's myriad transitions and how we refine our responses in our relationships, our wellness, our households, our work, and in our practices. You are invited to learn and love and listen with me. Welcome to Practice You. Welcome back to the podcast. I have such a treat today. A really personal topic with a really dear teacher of mine. Dan Shankin is a psychedelic integration coach. He is really serving people with sustainable, harmonious, compassionate, wise instruction and integration. His methods are fiercely practical. He maintains space for mystery and magic. He offers time-tested and scientifically-backed tools so that clients can create a life for themselves that is aligned with their deeper values and manifests measurable results that actually matter to them. Psychedelic use is a very important topic that I think I have avoided for long enough, and I'm ready to dive in. Daniel is the founder and director of TAM Integration. So his whole work, his whole service is integrating psychedelic experiences. That's his work. We're here to talk about psychedelic experiences. We're here to talk about integrating your psychedelic experiences in a way that is conscious, accessible, supported, And we're here to talk about what that education looks like. So, Daniel, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. It's uh, really a pleasure. As you know, we've talked about this plenty of times, but perhaps my listener hasn't known yet. I've been sober from marijuana and alcohol for almost nine years now. Wow. And I avoided psychedelics for all that time because I was under the impression that psychedelics were a part of my addiction. What I didn't realize is that actually, at the very end of my addiction to marijuana, I started using psychedelics, uh, microdosing psychedelics. And I'm now starting to understand that that use possibly helped me see the light and stop getting high. Um, Earlier, probably about three to five months ago, I was introduced to microdosing intentionally with integration by a dear friend of mine. Uh, He's the founder of The Kind Teacher. And he helped me through a great trial and a great time in my life where I was really struggling to shift some behavior patterns that were very deeply ingrained. A three-month course of microdosing changed all of that. What I went in to change has changed. What I wanted to transform has been completely transformed. Daniel, in coming in contact with your work at TAM Integration and now being part of your Integration Jam for 2023, I have discovered that there's a whole world uh, that is prioritizing integration of psychedelic experiences so that we can take these experiences, 
move the understandings and insights into our lives in ways that actually do make lasting change. And I thought I would uh, start by finding out how you got into this in the first place. I got into it because I needed it. I got into psychedelic integration before I knew that that was a term. Somebody had pushed Be Here Now into my hands, Ram Dass's Be Here Now, because that was basically the first integration manual that had ever been written. And it was written, you know, from Ram Dass's perspective. And, you know, he had gotten very, very high and had spiritual experiences and awakenings and found that uh, yoga practice grounded him in the place that he wanted to be. And my experiences were kind of similar without going to India, I suppose, until much later. But, you know, I had a yoga practice and it really encouraged me to use that yoga practice as uh, a tool for liberation and a tool for grounding, uh, for liberation in the body and the life in this lifetime kind of thing. And so that's kind of what I did for many, many years. And as and the integration was sort of happening implicitly and a little bit on the underground and quietly and my coaching clients over time wanted to talk to me about psychedelics more and more and more. And that kind of happened naturally over the course of, you know, a decade. I guess I just have one of those faces that people feel like they can talk about taking mushrooms with me. And You do have that kind of a face, dude. <laughs> you do. I've instantly felt comfortable with you. I know we have had a connection for many years from New York, but this was very sticky for me and you were very easy to talk to about it. Yeah, and so that's that's it. Just kind of grew from there. Wonderful. And Tam Integration, talk to us about this program. What you are offering through this program? Talk to us about the Integration Jam, but that you have annually. I'd love to learn a little more. So Tamalpais is the mountain in Marin County. I've moved from Marin County since I live in New England now, but that's where it was happening. That's where we started, and we just started with little integration circles, places where people could come and talk about their experiences and share what was going on for them and unpack the mystery, all the highs and the lows of it. And those have been going strong for five years. We've never asked anybody for a dime. You know, we accept donations, but that's a free offering. And from there, other events have started to emerge. We started doing talks in the local coffee shop, you know, talking with uh, providers of all kinds of things, experts in all different molecules and with all different perspectives on things. And the integration jam, we were joking around that in late stage capitalism, people can't really be friends unless they have an objective. Like There needs to be a project or an objective for people to make time to hang out with each other. And so I created the integration jam so that I could have an excuse to talk to people that I thought were cool about topics that I thought were cool. Mm-hmm. And I love it. Yeah. I love it. And we do them online because it's accessible. You know, I know there are psychedelic conferences all over the world almost every week these days. And I can't just gallivant off to the Netherlands and then Peru and then Arcata and then Arizona And if I can't do it, other people really can't do it. So I wanted there to be an opportunity for people to gather and try and give them as much of a community spirit kind of vibe as I could while it's still being online. And we're getting pretty good at it. Yeah, you are. 
You are. There's a, such a broad swath of offerings and you know insights, understandings, experiences from the people that you're interviewing and talking to. I really appreciate it. You have two kids, two young kids. I do. How's that going? It's going great. Uh, River's really into wolves these days. We've been talking mm. a lot about the idea of keystone species, right? Of like biodiversity and ecosystems. And, you know, he understands that the wolves need to scare the elks away from the saplings so that the saplings can grow and create shade for the fish. You know, it's like he's starting to kind of wrap his head around the fact that things are connected. And we're having a lot of fun just kind of moving through all of the wolf podcasts that we can find on our rides to and from school. Of course. Oh, that's genius. The interconnectedness is, um, it's fun how that goes back to the work with psychedelics, how quickly psychedelics brought me personally and bring people back into that understanding of how the tree shades the water, protecting the fish, (laughs) and around and around it goes. You know, he's a country kid. You know, we live in a little tiny town in the woods and, you know, he plays in the creeks and, you know, he climbs on the rocks and, you know, that's his life. Yeah. So beautiful. And foraging for mushrooms, of course. Um, We were back to the topic of psychedelics. I take him foraging. You know, there's a little club that goes foraging on Sundays. And we came back with, you know, he's got his little basket and it's full of little mushrooms And we're laying them out on the floor to show mom. And mom picked one of them up and said, is this psychedelic? And he's two and a half. And he looks at it and he looks at her and he goes, not psychedelic. Oh, my goodness. I mean, he was right. It wasn't. But it's just funny that he even, you know, that was the first time I heard him pronounce the word. You know, it said in his presence enough, but it was the first time he pronounced it. Oh, that's just so sweet. And he was correct. Yeah. Is your wife involved in this work at all? Um, she's a Vedic astrologer. Oh, wonderful. And an Ayurvedic practitioner and a massage therapist. And that's kind of, she's in the know. You know, she's been of around. Course. But, of you know, her, her, her work is pretty much focused on that. She really has a mind for Jyotish. Mm, of course. Wonderful. And for the folk, who might be listening who are really curious about psychedelics but maybe are a little afraid and don't know kind of where to begin. Let's talk a little bit about microdosing intentionally. Okay. And then we can talk about macrodosing intentionally. I'm really interested in hearing you sort of expound. So microdosing is what I did, as I mentioned at the beginning in our opening. For three months, I did three days on and four days off. Just that's just how it felt right in my body. It was 100 milligrams. Toward the end, there was 150 milligrams, but it felt like a little too much, so I went back to 100. And I was very intentional. Each day, I would set my little microdose of my three days a week. I would set it on the altar. I would do my sitting meditation, and then I would take it. My intention for the entire course was to lose the last vestiges of anger in my body. There were still some left, even after I had quit smoking weed, even after I'd cleaned my liver dozens of times since then. I'd love to talk to you about your experience with people integrating in specific ways. Sure. 
just for the record, let's just say this isn't medical advice. This is not legal advice. We're not telling anybody what to do. Everybody should do their own homework and talk to their professionals. Yes. Um, thank you. Because, you know, these things aren't legal in most places. There are some places in America where they're decriminalized now, and that's nice. But so there's an element of risk that I just want to acknowledge. And also, it's really wonderful that there's so much education out there now. Uh, there's so many resources, a lot of which are free, like YouTube is your friend. We have a YouTube channel. It's got maybe 100 hours of material on it. You know, I've got an archive that has another two or 300 hours on my website. But there's lots of stuff. Um, there's lots of stuff so that you can start to make informed decisions about, you know, which molecule might you want to microdose and how often, you know, that the, your protocol might be different than somebody else's protocol. Understanding that uh, 100 milligrams for one person might feel like a lot and for somebody else it might feel like nothing. And so each person kind of taking the time to educate themselves, make good decisions with the information that they have, and then responding to the feedback they get from their body um, and their mind, and maybe even doing a little journaling around it, you know, tracking it intelligently. I'm not going to say it's a good way to start. I'm going to say it's a common way to start. It's what, it's what people do anecdotally. Does that answer your question for starters? It does. It totally does. What I found was that the microdosing gave me a new sense of life, a new sense of sort of vitality, the connection that we were just talking about. A lot more creativity came through. Mm -hmm. And it felt very practical, like, oh, okay. It felt like a new part of my brain had opened. There were like these little leaps in my body of joy and fulfillment throughout the few hours of those days when I was taking the microdoses. And then I found that that joy continued on the days that I wasn't, which is why I did so many days in between. Right. You know, three days on, four days off for me, which was just how it worked. But I felt like I was getting restructured. Right. Cool. So you're a big NVC person. I am. So I kind of like to think about it in terms of psychedelics are a nonspecific amplifier in that they bring up what's already there that's usually it's either living underneath our level of awareness or maybe it's been repressed or what have you. So you've got that. Quite often it's not that the psychedelic is making you anything, right? It's revealing what's there. It's an orange juice squeezer. Um, Thank you for saying that. And then on the other hand, right, there's the thing about needs and emotions, right, in nonviolent communication. This, of course, blew my mind that when your needs are met, you have pleasant emotions. And when your needs are not met, you have unpleasant emotions. Right. I needed somebody with a handout to explain that to me. Um, so it's not we're not taught that we're not taught as that. kids. We're not taught that. And the truth of the matter is, is we all have these very specific needs. And when the needs are met, there's a happy day. Period. The end. Thank you, Element, for sponsoring the Practice You podcast. We have been personally using Element for well over a year. Element is spelled L-M-N-T. Elemental electrolyte salts that have completely changed the game around my house. Every night before bed, James and I split a packet. Helps us sleep, helps us get good solid rest, and helps combat fatigue, muscle pain, fogginess, irritability even. Did you know that your cells need electrolytes for optimal function? 
And if you're struggling with any of those things, you might just be deficient in electrolytes. They facilitate hundreds of cellular functions in your body, including nerves, hormone regulation, nutrient absorption, fluid balance. Element contains 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium. No artificial anything in here, no sugar, no nothing. My favorite flavors, as I said, orange watermelon and the chocolate caramel in hot water is just incredible. Element comes in tiny single-serving packets you can carry with you wherever you go. They're great on planes as well. With my link, you get a free sample pack with any order so that you can try all the flavors. And that link is drinkelement.com forward slash Elena. The spelling is D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com forward slash Elena. Thank you. Thank you so much again, Element. Again, the link, drinkelement.com forward slash Elena. And so not only are we not taught that connection, we're often not taught that it's okay to have needs. And quite often we're taught the opposite, that it's not okay to have needs. So then along comes a mushroom and amplifies the need. And it's like, you need to be more creative. You need to hydrate. Sometimes it's as, you know, I, I talked to people and they were like, I know the microdosing is working because I had been cranky at my desk for so long and I didn't know why. And then I took a microdose and I realized that my feet were cold and I needed to put on socks. Oh my God. Right. So just like real basic get yeah. in your body stuff, drink enough water, do some exercise. And then from there you start to get to like a baseline where like the things that are higher on Maslow's hierarchy can start to be handled. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting how that sort of individual understanding of a need that can be revealed when one comes in contact with a psychedelic molecule of some kind becomes kind of a transformation. I understand what I need. That's my transformation. That becomes a better parent, a better partner. And that becomes a whole cascade of other events of all the people that I'm touching being better in their worlds. Yeah. And then one of the nice things about an integration coach or an integration circle is effective, sustainable strategies for meeting the needs. Because sometimes if we have repressed a need to be creative, for example, or to be connected to nature, and we've repressed that for so long so that we have no idea how to meet that need. And then we take a large amount of psychedelics, and then we have this kind of thing where the need is up. And you're like, okay, well, I just need to run away to the jungle and I'm just going to play guitar all day, right? Because that's just a brute force way of getting that need met. Whereas if we take a pause, we don't have to nuke our own life. We can find methods that are more sophisticated to get our needs met that doesn't hurt those around us. Right. Much more practical. <laughs> Much more practical. It's funny. I wish more people would understand the benefits of psychedelics in these practical terms yeah without feeling like it's going to threaten their you know sobriety standing in the world i've completely come to understand that this is not about inebriation it's actually about enhancement and i've told you this before but i haven't told our listener i did three months of that and then it was done that was it like, 
I haven't had a thought about it since. You know, maybe I'll pick it up again at some point, but I feel... It'll be around. Yeah, it's around. And I feel fresh still. Mm -hmm. It's wild. It's really interesting that these substances, for the most part, are anti-addictive. Ketamine notwithstanding, but like the true psychedelics, mescalines and your LSDs and your psilocybin, they don't stand for those sorts of patterns. They become irritating. Mm. The history of humanity shows throughout that people have used psychedelic substances as tools to connect with the earth and with themselves and with the divine, and they've been used in religious contexts, and indigenous cultures centered much of their practice around the various plants and their molecules. I'm curious to talk a little bit about macro now. I've had a few macro experiences in my life, both before I got sober, and since I've had two that were really exceptional, very intentional, and very exceptional. Talk to us a little bit about what Mountam integration provides in terms of macro integration. Well, we do pre and post, right? You know, if you were in a decriminalized part of the world and you had your own medicine, you could probably fly me out there. But for the most part, we're doing pre and post work. And the preparation is really key. Let's say two different kinds of clients. The people who just come back from Peru from an ayahuasca circle who are freaked out and need like triage care, right? And it's like, okay, we'll provide that we can help. We can ground you out. We can get you centered and we understand. But it's really nice when I get somebody who is like, hey, I, I've been reading this material. I've been doing the research and I want to do this intentionally and I want somebody to walk with me while we do it. And so how do I set up you know, my intention setting and how do I set up my mindset And how do I contemplate what is important for me and what I want to achieve out of this and what can I expect and and those sorts of things. And so we've got a pretty good process for taking somebody through an arc of preparation and personal ritual and aftercare and long-term integration that um, we actually teach. You know, we have a a training program. We certify uh, integration coaches. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, and great bunch of people right now, and we are, you know, looking forward to our retreat up here in New England. People are coming out, and you know, we're going to be talking about music. We're going to be talking about nature. We're going to be holding space for each other with ketamine, which is legal. Not necessarily my preference, but it's it's okay. It's a cool molecule, Um, and also, you know, I want to train them in it because so many people are being prescribed ketamine, often by people who have no idea what it's all about. And there's an anesthesiologist somewhere in Topeka that is trying to do a cash grab, and they're leaving a trail of fractured psyches in their wake, and those people are going to need care from people who understand how that stuff works. The anesthesiologist doing the cash grab is basically administering ketamine in an irresponsible way. Is that what I'm gleaning from what you just said? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, people sort of make a nod to integration. Oh, yeah, it's kind of important. Oh, yeah, set and setting is kind of important. But when the rubber meets the road, it's like they're going to do the thing that's cheaper and more scalable. Right. Because they don't even get and it. Meanwhile, what I think is so important and what I've experienced is very important is if I don't, 
I did so much writing during that time mm-hmm. to sort of try and embody what was opening inside of myself, what was coming to be an insight inside of myself. And now it's a part of everything that I do. Right. Because I took the time to integrate what I was coming to understand into my behavior and into my ways of relating with other people. It's so important. Yeah. So. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, we try and do it right. You know, sometimes we even consult with people like that so that they can do it right. And yeah, create an experience that is respectful of our consciousness, respectful of these molecules. And it's easy for me to say they're sacred. Not everybody necessarily has that kind of worldview, and that's fine. But there's no reason not to approach intense experiences with a certain amount of reverence. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't necessarily have to be nervous, but, you know, it's like a little bit of reverence doesn't hurt. No, you're, we're talking to the earth. See, these are plants mm-hmm. from Mother Earth. Like, it, it took me a long time to really understand the depth of the reverence that I can hold. So I'm very spacious when it comes to folks who haven't considered that yet. Last couple notes, and then we'll close and probably come back some later time. But what I wanted to talk about was the compounds in psilocybin, because this is what I experienced. And the way in which those compounds, those molecules, decrease the activity to the part of my brain that is persona, identified, that is sort of naming myself and my roles and my life. It's sort of like the volume gets turned down there and other things can emerge. And I just wanted our listener to understand that This is a scientific process. We're not just like talking about random drug use. We're talking about compounds that scientifically decrease circulation to certain parts of the brain, increasing circulation to other parts of the brain, which is why it holds so much promise for personal growth. I don't have anything to add to that. Uh, (laughs) It's so cool. And it's also really cool to have go into this with a meditation practice. Like they did a study at Johns Hopkins University. You know, they were working with people with PTSD and depression almost exclusively and substance use disorders. And then, you know, they asked this question, I wonder if this is also good for quote unquote healthy normals. And they knew it was, you know, they're, they're pretending they didn't know, but you know, they didn't have scientific evidence. So they start bringing in healthy normals and then they start bringing in meditators like people who, you know, had logged thousands of hours of meditation. There's a really great video that came out recently where Roland Griffiths, who's one of the guys who started Johns Hopkins psilocybin studies, and Tara Brock, who we all know, were talking, and they're old friends. And her husband did one of the clinical trials. She was not selected for reasons, but, you know, understanding that meditators have more of the positive effects and fewer of the negative side effects. And I think one of it is, is that a meditator is is often used to putting their persona aside. You know, the the ego death is, can be a very painful experience, very terrifying and painful, but kind of once it's gone, it's like, oh, well, this is still cool. And so I have experiences where the stuff starts to take hold. And then there's a part of my mind that, you know, I often think is me. You know, I'll hear it say, 
oh, I'm not required for this part. <laughs> I'll be over here if you need me. Yeah. Right? And then it, checking out. It kind of goes away and then the music fills my mind and the molecule fills my mind and you know, more is revealed. I'm going to close with a quote from Rosalind Watts, who's a scientist and an author, several studies on the sort of increased flexibility psychologically, increased connectedness, increased acceptance that one could possibly experience with a proper intentionally administered psychedelic journey, let's say. Quote, our brain is like a skier that ordinarily follows the well-trodden tracks. The psilocybin experience can temporarily disrupt and flatten the old grooves in the snow, setting up the possibility that new tracks may be laid down. Essentially, psychedelic administration can foster new short-term flexibility and the ability to start new habits of thinking, acting, and feeling. Beautiful. Yeah. I really appreciate the work that you're doing. I appreciate the um, prioritization that you've put on integration. I think that it is everything. And I look forward to more time together in the future. For the Integration Jam, which happens annually at this particular, let's say, juncture in time, the Integration Jam for 2023 does have a link, and if you catch it, it's 2023.integrationjam.com. If you use coupon code Elena, you save 10% on the jam. Can you just quickly gloss over how the jam works, when it's coming out, etc.? The jam runs from the 28th to the 30th. Um, there's of April. Attend, uh, post-conference intensives on May 1st, and it's about 25 live talks. And then about another 10 or 12 hours of kind of pre-recorded bonus talks. And we have everybody from tribal leaders from Ecuador that coming to speak to, um, you know, PsyDs, you know, doctors who have kind of pioneered some of like ketamine talk therapy to, um, you know, underground workers who do somatic work, um, this meditation stuff. We've got conversations about death and grief and psychedelics. It's one of the really interesting things that comes up with psychedelics is it's the deep grief that we've been carrying around with us. Uh, it's really wonderful to let people let go of the sadness that they've been carrying about. Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody knows why you're grieving. Um, We've got an amazing poet and author named Sophie Strand, who's going to be talking about mythology. Uh, we've got she's rad. She's so rad. Rad. She's so rad. One of the best writers of the time. Yeah, um, I think she's going to be in New Mexico soon. You should go say hi. I will find her. Um, amazing. We've got some comedians. This guy named uh, Dennis Walker who runs a podcast called the Micopreneur Podcast. He's a satirist. So we're going to be funny. having some fun. Um, yeah, that's funny. Because uh, micropreneurship is a thing. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's half a joke and it's half not. And, and he's hilarious. Yeah. Um, Shane Norte, a uh, native guy from Southern California in the desert who runs enormously high-dose ceremonies, often for um, veterans. 
So these very kind of sacred ceremonies up in the hills, you know, like 20 grams, 20 gram ceremonies. I know so many veterans who could totally use that, who are walking around carrying images in their heads. Yeah. And blame in their bodies. Yeah. Oof. I think they call it like wow, moral, that really moral me. trauma. Yeah. more. So it's there's a, actually a great website for that, moralinjuriesofwar.org. So uh, Esther Perel's husband, Jack Saul, founded it, and it has helped really thousands of veterans. Yeah. To find their way back to themselves. Yeah. One of Rosalind Watts's partners at uh, Imperial College, Sam Gandhi, is going to. Oh, cool. Um, Sam is so cool. Um, and he's going to be talking about like almost like connoisseurship, like the differences in different strains of mushrooms. You know, everybody wants to talk about like, well, what's with the, you know, penis envy? What's with the golden teacher? What's with the albino? How are the trips different? How are they the same? Is it actually different? Is it actually the same? And so we're going to have that discussion. Beautiful. Yeah. That's great, actually. And then we've got you. Yeah, talking about meditation. Yeah. Beautiful. We had a nice chat, actually. We didn't really meditate, but we did talk about the importance of it. Right. Next time. I'm so glad to have you, Daniel, and thank you so much for your time, for your work, for your care. I can't wait until our next encounter. Thank you again. For sure. Thank you so much. This has been a blast. Mm. Thank you, AG1, for sponsoring the Practice You podcast. My listener, you've been hearing me talk about AG1 for some time. I think I've been taking it daily for almost three years. 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens in one scoop in the morning. The best way to start your day supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and longevity, the conversation of the moment. The taste is delicious. It's suitable whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar. No nonsense in here at all. It's a multivitamin that your body will actually absorb. If you are wanting to make an investment in your health and longevity, AG1 costs you less than $3 a day, far less expensive, and definitely less time-consuming than many different supplements. Reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient, delicious daily nutrition. And since you listen to the Practice You podcast, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-boosting vitamin D and 5 free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Elena. Once again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash E-L-E-N-A. Take ownership of your health, my listener. And thank you, Athletic Greens and AG1.